We are Go For Launch. It is For All Mankind, Season 2, Episode 3. I am Jason Snell, joined as always in this uh, high-orbit link-up between two superpowers by Dan Morin. Hello. Zdravstvo, Jason. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Yeah, well, we. I mean, it's a plot point in this season now, so let's do. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Um, we're in the 80s, by the way, in Rules of Engagement this episode. Uh, it's very clear can, because can you tell uh, from my rolled up sports coats uh well who are you gonna call <laughs> ghostbusters <laughs> apparently i don't know it's all happening not not everything has changed in this timeline but uh I, there, yeah there is, i was del- delayed to see that by the way because of the fact that i definitely grew up watching that the re- the real ghostbusters the real ghostbusters just to be clear. Yes. Because there was an animated Ghostbusters yes, the cartoon Ghost that was... Busters, two words, that was like a filmation or something in the 70s. And so uh, while they were they so could make weird. the movie, the, the cartoon had to be renamed from Ghostbusters to the real Ghostbusters. I, I just enjoy that they went with, what do we call it? Well, the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> 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 Not like those fake Ghostbusters. No. Yeah. And just to stick it to the people who had the rights to the actual ghostbusters the other yep, ghostbusters i enjoy it I, I enjoy a little yep. corporate warfare of that side <laughs> we got uh we have two fake news anchors in this show this is this is the paul michaels uh fake news anchor we get no, here talking, no relation to phil michaels no, maybe uh panama terrorism the four americans are rescued by uh in a, in a raid organized by ronald reagan there's this idea that there's a diplomatic uh and military you know confrontation heating up in central america in panama uh, which as, because we've got the whole world, uh, in, you know, it's the cold war and it's heating up. So there's the suggestion that like all of these kind of pain points around the world are also heating up as a part of the, the kind of, uh, the fight between, uh, the U S and the Russians. And this is only escalated as we go to the moon and discover that, uh, Hey, the Russians moved our stuff. <laughs> I love this because it's super passive aggressive. It's like a fight with your college roommate where they're like, you come back and they're like, yeah, I moved all your stuff out so I could put my stuff, like my stereo in instead of your stereo. And you're just like, but that's my stuff. And they're like, eh. And, and you know that if you get in a fight with your roommate, a physical altercation, exactly. the world will end. Right. It escalates. So, right? you that's, wa- that's so that's instead no you wait for them to leave and then you move <laughs> <on this laughs> and that is what's happening except on the moon yeah 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 this is and so it's really interesting because because they've made their move which is that they found uh somehow hmm they know that they found valuable uh valuable minerals and they've taken the mining site over and so there's this question of how you how you do this and and the, the discussion is um basically we're going to have to wait until they leave and then we're going to go back in and we're never going to leave which means we have to leave a security detail there which leads to that whole conversation that they have where it's basically like they're going to need to be guns and they're like is there literally anything else we could do and the answer is also there need to be marines who hold the guns (laughs) i i really love this conversation this is a a great scene because it really does talk about the implications of that right because everyone's like yeah we'll just go in and, and we'll hold it we'll leave people there and it's, you know, essentially Ed and the military general, Bradford, right? Yeah. Um, who are the, the two guys who have military experience, right? And they're like, yeah, how are you going to do that? Uh-huh. How are you going to do that without guns? And it's a really great point because it has this moment of everybody else going like, well, we don't, we don't need guns. And they're like, 
yeah, like <laughs> what happens when the Russians come back and move our stuff out again? Are you gonna are you gonna punch them on the moon? Like mm. that's moon punch. It's not gonna work. Yeah. So I enjoy this because it does. I mean, you know, in in our in our world, you know, our re- our reality, this there is sort of this tacit non weaponization of space, which I think you know has has its limits right people put uh, governments put spy satellites and stuff like that in orbit and but not necessarily weapons and in this reality that hasn't really been a thing so you know we we sort of get a an inside view of like all right is this conflict these these proxy conflicts which we're seeing play out in places in the for the cold war the moon is now just another battlefield right for the proxy conflicts Right. And how does that how does that work? Because now you're expanding into a frontier. And right. what do we import into that frontier? And do we do we take that step of arming because they're going to take that step? And I kept thinking, too, like, who's to say the Russians don't have guns? But I think the sure. idea there is that the Americans don't. And if the Americans want to do this thing where they wait for the Russians to leave and move their stereo outside, then uh, they are going to need the guns to do that. Otherwise, they'll just, you know, this is just going right. to keep on happening. And, and, and more to the point, once you once you let that genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in, right? As, long, as soon as yeah. there are weapons in space... That is the opens the door exactly, and, and you're not going back. You're not not going back, and now it is a a place. It's it's this whole idea of space is supposed to be, and there's treaties and stuff like the space is supposed to be a non militarized area, and the people mm-hmm. up there. This is a civilian space, and even though mo- both the U.S. and the Soviet Union, and this was also true in the real world, like most of the people involved are ex-military but they were military and or or they're like temporarily assigned to civilian but like they're quasi-civilian they're not really scientists you have some scientists in the mix there as we've seen in some of the shuttle missions in this but at this point there are now there are now scientists involved but yeah it it is there has always been a quasi-military aspect to it but this risks making it a full-on military and we've already had the hints about it because like there's military space shuttle launches and things like that going on at vandenberg um that that are probably all also you know cold war militarization of of earth space but uh in the on the moon this is the this is the next step there it's a really interesting debate and it's interesting to talk about too because you mentioned the the quasi-military aspect and that's true but i would say probably less so almost in their reality than in ours because with the fact that they opened stuff up immediately to the the women pilots, right? None of whom That's were military, true. right? Because they couldn't the, be, because right? Couldn't so, be. so you have you have a lot more probably uh, you know an astronaut corps that if you have more women hmm. and and people who weren't able to join the military, so you do have a more civilian side to it. It's a, it's an interesting dichotomy there because you're totally right. Like all the test pilots and all the people running in the you know, Mercury Seven and stuff like that, they're all military. But once you expand that pool stuff does start to change as we see in in our rea- you know in the 1980s 1990s in our reality i think it yeah. it, it moved more towards I don't, sort of a balance but. i don't know if i've noticed this in the show or not but uh, you know i would imagine that the for all mankind writing room since they really did try to plan all this stuff out um i would imagine that the women going into the 
astronaut program probably also broke a bunch of barriers and that there were more women in military roles. But I don't know if we've seen that, like the idea that because women right, in combat right. and, and women flying fighter planes and things like that was a fairly late thing in our universe. But I wonder yeah. if in the 70s, those doors got busted open well, simply because I in think- this world, the women were astronauts. Right. And I think actually think that will link directly into something we're going to talk about a little bit later. Oh, all Another right. plot thread. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, um, we should talk about, uh, I, I want to follow this thread a little bit and say that the reason that the Russians, and this is a really good pickup from season one, the reason the Russians know about this, they're like, there's got to be a bug. And there, there is a fun scene where they're on like the video call, but it's one of those things where like, if they're bugging us, we can't say things, but we can give each other like looks as we're scanning for a bug. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all. That's all. I think just fun. A fun business of of tense. Like you can't. You know how is it going? And they're shaking yeah. their heads and yeah. stuff like. You that. might have some problems with your lights. You know, <laughs> like. And this uh, is. Yeah. Uh, this is the little thread left, right? Like there was this whole mm-hmm. nagging thing, like when when Ed left, and right. and the Russian is like, like there's that moment of like what. Did, what did he do? What is? Why did we linger on the Russian cosmonaut there? And this is the answer, which is yes, he I, absolutely left a bug behind in the in the lunar base, and it's been there for nine years amid the overhead lights. Yeah, I, the couple things I loved about that one, I was trying to think back to the end of last season. I feel like there's even like a shot of the lights at some point that's kind of in, might be. inexplicable towards the end, and you're just like, man, whatever. I also thought it was surprising, given how much they've expanded and rebuilt parts of the base. Right, that, it's, that they like, didn't find that it and nobody, it's still there. Nobody found it at some point, but they're also, I love the naivete of it, right? Like, well, that they're like, why in, would, like, it, someone would even bug our base on the moon? And it's in the radio room, right? So it's like, right. maybe that, that little module has not changed as everything else has changed, and it's where they've got the link-ups and stuff, which is the perfect right. place yeah. to bug, right? Yeah, but I, I love the I love that aspect of it, where it's just the... It doesn't even occur to them, right? Because they're all existing in this blissful environment where the conflict is only starting to come to the moon. If it were any place else on Earth where you were like, oh, the Russians, we're at odds with them here, you would already be sweeping for bugs. You would already right. be doing sort of counterintelligence stuff. But it just doesn't occur to them. And yeah. it's why it are you leaving sense, your right? Door, why are you leaving your door unlocked on the moon? Well, it's like, yeah. well, because it's the moon. It's, it's the Who's going to yeah. come in? And the answer is, well, it turns out the cosmonauts the are going to come in. The Russians are going to do it. And they're going to move your stuff. I don't like it when they move my stuff. I don't either. It's it's annoying. When you're That's just the way I like it. Moved by a, a Russian. Um, okay, we need to talk. Let's 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 talk about Tracy and Gordo, shall we? Shall we? Let's, let, we shall. Um, like okay. First off, my memory, at least from season one, I I'm fascinated by what the, where they're doing where they're where they're taking Tracy here because Tracy. I really rooted for Tracy in season one and to break Mm. away from Gordo and to be her, be her best person and to become an astronaut and all of that. And I think it's a great story in, in season one. And I'll grant you nine years has passed, but it wasn't looking great just with her focus on being a celebrity and missing her Sims and all of that in the first couple of episodes. But in this episode, we get the television series tell that somebody is really messed up, which is she wakes up late, misses her meeting at NASA. She's going to be late and she decides to drink more beer. I guess hair of the dog. That is like the, the, the wake up and drink beer is the flashing warning sign that this person has some personal problems going on. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't recommend. I don't know. I mean, especially because your beer's presumably been like sitting there out it's overnight. It's warm and it's, it's flat. Warm beer. It's flat beer. It's not good. It's a desperate. And it wasn't. And it was Michelob, Michelob, so it's not. Mm-hmm. It's That's not right, a very good beer to start with. I am. Uh, I, do we hear anything about what her husband does? We know from this the surroundings that he is very well off, right? He's got they've got their really fancy house. They've got a staff, right? There's a comment about like you know she's like tell him the car has a flat, and they're like which car? And yeah. she's like all of them, you know. And it's like so he, so they own multiple cars, and so I and everybody seems to know who her husband is, but we don't. I don't think we've been given that information. We know right. his name is Sam Cleveland, but I don't think we... And I felt like maybe there had been something alluded to, but I don't think we actually know what he does. Uh, but I, I'm guessing some sort of celebrity. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy, apparently. But yes, he's rich and famous, and I don't think we know anything more. And he is not a name that is familiar from our world, so who knows right. what's going on there. But yeah, and yet we don't we don't see him. and um, And she's, you know... She's messed up. So maybe maybe they're setting us up for something here, which is good because like I find it strange that Tracy, who I thought kind of had it together, it, it very clearly does not have it together. So whether something happened in the intervening time or whether, you know, I, I don't know, but she's not doing great. And in this episode, she's really not doing great. Um, we'll get right. back to that in a second, though, because there's a one of those like cut to because so she's late for her meeting and all of that. And she's drinking beer. Tell them I'll be late. Cut to uh, Devo. C- crack that whip. Right. Uh, Gordo. Gordo. Unable to fit into his uniform because he's too fat. He breaks the zipper. He has to go to the meeting wearing civilian clothes instead of his NASA jumpsuit. And he doesn't know how the laptop works. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy that. Uh, I love the also. The laptops are great. Um, yep. So this is like four inches thick. Three. Love yeah. It. I, I was but trying to figure out what Everything's a little advanced. Everything's a little right. advanced exactly. by NASA. Exactly. Uh, I love the, if you didn't notice, they have gigantic power bricks next to them, yep. like Xbox style, like size mm-hmm. power bricks next to them. Um, the and, size of an Xbox, not an Xbox yeah, power yeah, brick. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, they are enormous. I loved the story, this sort of ancillary, but there was a story this past week uh, about, or a couple weeks ago now, um, the uh, Tim Cook getting, quote unquote, lost. I, I think they mean like losing himself in the computers and the stuff they had on the set when he visited. Oh, yeah. And being really fascinated by it. And I can see why, right? Like digging up or creating these sorts of props of devices that are either real but now have been but pushed forward a bit or like things not, that they've kind of not yeah, quite not period quite, not quite yeah, period exactly but period-esque but, but, but authentic I, looking too i do wonder i actually was wondering is that going to be like an apple II portable or something like that which it's I, I don't think it is but i thought like if i'm doing a show for apple tv plus and this is supposed to be a futuristic laptop <laughs> wouldn't it be <laughs> interesting if like what if apple made an apple II portable it's like an apple IIc with a monitor and it it's all there and all that like that could that could be i don't know like that'd be fun it's possible or a lisa let's well i can't wait to oh, see the lisa. lisa the lisa came out in the alternate yeah the yeah alternate and it was a hit line. it was a hit everyone <laughs> loved apple, it oh, oh no I, sorry i'm gonna withdraw my comment about the apple II portable it'd be an apple three portable because then you oh. know you're in a parallel universe yeah mm-hmm. there you go that's right that's right uh anyway gordo is a mess too boy gordo and tracy are messes aren't they <laughs> they're, they're messes together and they're messes apart oh, yeah 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 it's not 
it's not great. And of course, everybody there who's already questioning, like, why does he have a mission? And now he's there and he doesn't have a jumpsuit and he doesn't know how to use anything. And and I'll, I'll point it out again, you know, once again, uh, we have uh, him being a mess. And uh, guess who gets to clean it up? <laughs> uh, Danielle. <laughs> yes, of course. Again. Uh, which it turns out, you know, you know, it's it's. I, I feel bad for her. Is what I'm, I'll just say sure. it that way. Yeah, it, I, I feel really bad for Danielle that once again she is cleaning up Gordo's mess here. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead again. Again, I want to follow this thread. Um, uh, this is because there's so much going on. I kind of like this. Just dear listeners, I've done this on some of the other podcasts I've done. I like following the threads around rather than sort of jumping scene to scene because really they're telling a bunch of different stories that are that are interlinked. So if we follow the thread, which is Tracy and Gordo are messed up, we end up at the bar where Tracy is drinking with Karen and they have a conversation about about Karen's daughter Kelly that we can talk about in a little bit. But um, it's it's a uh she's she's still a mess and in the end we get that scene where she um she calls gordo she's staring at her billboard <laughs> she's on the right. billboard in the astronaut outfit and with the uh, watch yeah yeah right. and she had an accident with her car and also there is a cow <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. i guess i mean it's just <laughs> and it's funny because also it's I don't know what you think about if they're if they're trying to suggest more of a connection. I, I thought this was a really interesting thing where it's sort of like two people who used to be together who aren't anymore. And I didn't feel as much tension as I felt awkwardness, which I kind of liked, which is like she her husband is her rich, famous husband is gone. She gets in trouble. She calls Gordo, not the rich, famous husband or the staff or anything like that. Right. Um, right. He comes and gets her. She throws up in the car. Um, they go back to their house because uh, she wants to just go and, and sleep it off. He, she doesn't want to go to the fame to the rich guy's house. She wants to go back to their house, um, and then she goes in the bed. So he has to take the couch. Spandau Ballet is playing in the background because yes, it is the eighties. I know this it's much is true. Um, and I and I thought it was. I don't know if they're trying to set up some sort of like regrets or whatever about about their relationship, but I found it kind of charming that. Gordo, as messed up as he is, has to take care of Tracy and does a pretty good job of it. And yeah. and yeah. and you know his it's, his car gets full of vomit. Right. <laughs> Thanks I think a lot. you know it's got that comfort element to it, right? Like yeah. they clearly were together for you know they have yeah. kids. He gets they her. were together for He'll a long time. They were yeah. they were together at like probably at a young age. I think is the implication. Sure. And so you know, and he was a bad husband, ways, but also right, they absolutely, they had that, but they had a connection. Yeah. They were friends. They were you know they were partners, etc. And exactly. so I. I like that aspect of it, like you said, because it's like those... I, I can see why that those people would never quite leave each other's lives, right? Obviously, the, and, the, the ties of having NASA, kids together. Yeah. yeah, and like all of that. It's, it's awkward, as you say, but it's not... I don't feel they're setting up for like a reconciliation or anything so much. I mean... Only a reconciliation in the sense that having these two people finally being okay with each other and the decisions that they've made, but I don't think they're trying to say, can, you know, get them back together. Um, I think it's just the sort of she has pushed hard to get into this new life and it's a life into which she is not entirely comfortable. You know, she talks about how the staff looks For at sure. her 
Um, she's a stranger she in her own house, right? right? Yeah, when exactly. she wakes up and so, drinks beer. <laughs> I mean, it, I, yeah, exactly. I think it's a it, for Tracy. Some of it is a be careful what you wish for, right? You she's, know, she's uh, famous situation. And, she, and she's living the life and all of those things, but she clearly but she, is messed she's up. She's not happy, yeah. right? Yeah, and and I think for Gordo has his own things going on, but he also you know still cares about her clearly, even though he's not in a you know. I don't think he's in a winning her back, you know, no. kind of mindset so much as just that. I, like, like I said, I don't know where life. they're going, yeah. but I find, but I find yeah. it sort of sweet that like, I, I don't think the show is going in this direction, but it no, doesn't really I, matter. I, it's, it's, I think it's sweet because it's not going in that yeah, direction. Yeah, it he, shows that he, these people are linked, even they, if they're not together. They are divorced. Uh, they have had their, you know, they, they've had their uh, awkward, um, cookout thing where the she leaves and the kids leave and all of that but like in the end she's in trouble he goes to help her she barfs in his car she doesn't want to go back to her house so he takes her back to their house she goes right to the bed and he's like all right i will sleep on the couch you know he he he's taking care of her even as messed up as he is right now he's going to take care of her and i think it's i think it's kind of sweet and i think it's an interesting in a show that could spend a lot of time showing us all the ways that gordo is messed up here is a here is a little slice of gordo being a uh, a decent human being right. it's it's everybody i mean like danielle's taking we talk about danielle taking care of him and he's taking care of tracy and it's like and you know there's kind of a like a like a flowing downhill yeah, situation here of, right yeah of pain going on here well and everybody's so the, taking care of someone else and so the next morning uh, she wakes up and this is this is the moment where you know gordo is like what what's going on here it's like she wants her keys. It's like, you don't live here anymore, you know, and that, that sets him off where he's like, you're using my name. <laughs> like, right, what, right. you're just, you're just concerned about yourself the, 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 that like he get he gives a little bit of like, what is wrong with you? Right. Why are you so messed up? Why are you holding you? You have a, this whole fancy new life. Why are you holding on to my name and to the keys to the house and all of these things? I thought you. I, maybe he's a little on. surprised yeah. too. He's like, you, "You're why are you not letting go of our life when you've got this amazing uh, new life?" And the answer is, "How amazing could it be, Gordo?" <laughs> right, right. I don't know. And this is also also the moment where he comes clean about the telling her that he's going back to the moon. Right. And then we learn that not only is he going back to the moon, but they're they'll overlap while they're there. Yeah. And she gets really and, mad because she's yeah. like, "How will this reflect on me?" And he's like, "It's not all about you." <laughs> right, right. And she I mean, this is the, this is interesting too because I think this leads into sort of the big conflict here and the and there's there's points to both sides here because on the one hand, it's not all about Tracy, but on the other hand, you know, and and this sort of leads into the next scene where, right, doesn't she uh, talk to Ed? Yeah. Uh, and and basically she's trying to say like i don't want to be the space wife right i don't want to be have this played up in the press as we're a couple and we're together because uh, frankly she doesn't want to necessarily take a back seat right like to and that's not just from a self-aggrandizing point of view but like she doesn't want to be the woman who's standing behind the, the, her husband quote unquote right and you know i can see her point of view there sure. too right like she's trying to make a name for herself and and show that she is independent and that she has she has done this on her own and she doesn't want to be lumped in as like the partner of someone else and that's it's a rough decision right like and and it's it's, it goes back to something we talked about last week with ed making decisions that are perhaps not great decisions (laughs) like you can see why he makes them but you can also see that there is a lot of flawed reasoning he's being a good friend and a bad astronaut office manager 
exactly. in, in doing it. Well, and I think I would argue with Tracy, like, I think this show is is very careful in the way that it's painting this, which is Tracy is making good arguments, but it's coming from a a place I would argue that is a, we know she's messed up, but also it's coming from a place that's very selfish. And I think that, if she had been putting in all the work, this is this is the thing. It's like she's making she she knows this is the right argument to make, and so she's making it. And maybe she believes it, but the truth is, if she was putting in all the work and not gallivanting around and showing up on Carson and showing off her wedding ring and and missing her Sims and showing up late for meetings, uh, drunk and hungover, like if she was not that, if she was doing her job and she said, "Ed, I'm a little worried about this assignment," I feel like maybe he would not change at all but like she'd have a stronger argument but she doesn't right so it, I, instead I it comes think... across as like i get what you're saying but you're you're also messed up here and i'm gonna do what i'm right. gonna do <laughs> with it. i do with... think it, it is certainly worth pointing out though at the same time that they're the double standard right because oh, for she's sure. a woman astronaut doing all the things the male astronauts Every... do gordo's getting wasted and yep. showing up late to meetings yep. and he is getting kind of a an easy ride but like he shows up into that meeting doesn't know how to work the laptop and both danielle well, and the instructor are like helping him it, out it's actually an interesting <laughs> contrast too because gordo is there because he's been basically like not even paying attention the last few years he's there because ed wants to get him into shape and it's sort of like against his will um tracy is also messed up and you're right she faces a double standard but uh but the the difference is that she has she has stayed an astronaut so it's a little bit of like a a flip side where like she wants to be there and gordo does not want to be there but they're both having issues with their commitment yeah and i would argue also the scene where he tells her you know, I'm going to the moon and she's upset and she tries to get him to like, you know, back off essentially. And he kind of doubles down at that point. I think that's the point at which he, he kind of changes his mind to a certain extent. And is like going from, I'm doing this reluctantly to like, okay, it still wasn't my choice, but I'm, I'm perhaps more invested in it now because I was told that I yeah, can't there, There's some it. pride and some spite maybe going yeah. on there both. Yep. And I yep. think that that is part of Ed's plan, right? Part of Ed's mm-hmm. plan is to basically give him a kick in the pants. Like, again, is this the right thing to do? Maybe it is. Maybe it's good management. Maybe, you know, again, hits his friend and he sees that he's in pain and he's going to try to fix it using the power that he's got. But I can see the argument that you've got a problematic employee. Let's just talk about it in employment terms here. He he used to be great, kind of resting on his laurels. And as a manager, whether he's your friend or not, maybe you think, I need to give this guy a kick in the pants. And one mm-hmm. of two things is going to happen. He's either going to realize that he got a kick in the pants and he's going to re-engage and he's going to get his stuff together. Or he's going to wash out and we, we, we will have called it. We will have, have put him on the spot. He's going to flop. And then he's he's out, but we're not going to go with him drifting endlessly here. Like either get right, out right. or recommit. And I, I would argue that I don't know if this is entirely its motivation because their friendship is very clearly in here too. But I think I can make the argument that doing this to to Gordo is a is a good management move because it's going <laughs> to resolve the. I mean, assuming that you're not going to let him go to the moon totally messed up like assuming that what you're going to do is he's either going to succeed or fail 
I could I could make that argument that this is a good thing to do because right now, how, why is he even in the astronaut program? He's doing nobody any good. Like he, he and it's bad for him personally, and it's bad for you as the head of the astronaut program. So get him to reengage or show him the door. Now maybe uh, Ed, you should do that with a conversation instead of putting him yeah. on a mission. But I think Ed's decided that 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 won't work. This is all he can do is say you're assigned to a mission. I think it is. Uh, you could make an argument. It's great drama. <laughs> Well, great that, for drama purposes because one that way or the other true. something's gonna happen yeah that's true that's true if you're go, if you're now i don't recommend that regular uh real world don't, managers yeah, do don't things make for the decisions drama. for that yeah. <laughs> but if you're running that's, a tv show if you're running a tv show you need to do that character do that is a good is a good idea so the last the last scene of this episode by the way and then we'll, we'll circle back to to ed and karen but um is is gordo and he's alone, and the TV's playing. Now, I have to explain to the, our, lung, our younger listeners, TV before TV channels <laughs> discovered that you could run infomercials and make money all night long, they used to sign off so that literally at the end of the night after the local news and maybe like the, the talk shows, um, they would play the national anthem, and then they would turn off their transmitter until the morning, and there would just be static on that channel. This does not happen anymore, yeah. but it used to happen. I remember I, it I, vaguely. I turned to my wife when, when that happened. I was like, God, remember when TV just used to end? <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't ended in a long time, but it did. It oh, used, yeah. to, it used to end. The NBC NBC shows, I, I think it was like after Letterman for a while. It was like that's it, we're done. Um, even even as late as the eighties, they would they would absolutely do that. So he's there. Uh, you know, they 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 go off the air. He turns off the the TV, or whatever, and he sees the blinking red lights. And anybody who watched season one is like, oh no, his he, that was his thing on the moon. He saw the blinking red lights, and he thought it was the, the Russians or aliens or who knows what it was. And then it's it's his VCR, and he laughs. And I have a question for you here, Dan, which is, yeah. is that a good laugh or a bad laugh? Is that a, oh, ha ha, I'm better. There's no red lights. Or is it like, oh no, the red lights are back. There's something wrong with Gordo. Gordo is not well. I think that's pretty clear here. I love the way they shoot this scene because it's kind of subtle, but it works, which is the first time he turns the lights off, it's pitch black aside yeah. from the red lights. And then when he turns it on again, sees the VCR and then turns it off again, it's more like you know, when you turn the lights off in a room with like windows or something, it's like, it's dark, but you can tell like right. there's stuff in the background. And I thought they did a nice the job context of, of it. the context. Right. Exactly. And so I think part of it is like a relieved laugh, but it also then sort of verges into the slightly hysterical <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah, he's not, he's not doing okay. Our, our Gordo, he's got some problems. Um, Okay, we have uh, two more things to cover in this episode. Two more threads to cover. And one of them is Margot and Alita. So this mm-hmm. is this is our young girl from last season. She's going to be important, people. She's going to be important somehow. So Margot, who heard that she had a message from Alita. Remember, that was, that was a, a couple episodes ago. She goes to a trailer park, uh, walks into a trailer. A voice from the bathroom says, can you get me toilet paper? <laughs> it's great first impressions, as was, always. That's yeah. how we like to hear these yeah. things. I thought it was really funny. It's like, I don't know who you are, but you're in my house. So can you hand me some toilet paper? Um, and what we learn about Aleda is that she is brilliant and has a real problem getting along with people. Um, does that sound like anybody, Margo? Um, 
And Margot says, I can't explain why I did what I did, which was to basically reject her when she could have taken her under her wing and, and t- had her live at her house. And, and instead, she's had this kind of obviously hard life and is living in a in a crappy trailer in a trailer park. But she says, I can offer you a job as a system, system engineer. Um, and she's like, I don't want your charity because you feel guilty about me. And I thought one of my favorite lines in this whole episode is when Margot says, you know, don't worry about the guilt. Um, my guilt over what I did is my problem, not yours. And I thought that was really good. It's like, mm-hmm. I know how brilliant you are. Your track record shows how brilliant you are. So, um, and she, I should say, Alita didn't know that, that Margot was called because her, her boyfriend, Davey, is the one who called to basically like, she, she you know, you've talked about her and uh, she needs a job. So please uh, come and talk to Alita. Um, and, and that leads to that, the other scene, which is, you know, she talks to Davey and he's like, you know, why would you work on an oil rig when you could work at NASA? And it's a great moment because she's like, yeah, well, OK, I'm taking the job. Yeah. So thanks for that. Uh, we're done because you went behind my back to call her and I will never forgive you for that. And he's like, but I did you a good deed. And she said, yep, thanks. Get out. Your stuff, yeah, your stuff's I, in the, the box, second I, Davey. The second I saw the guy, I I had my head. I'm like, this guy's not going to make it. Nope. Like, and then Kat, my wife was very surprised when she, when when they like she broke up with him, and I was like, oh no, yeah, no. that guy, that was not going to work. No, out. he's he's you in a cab with Wubbo. They're gone. They're out yeah. of here. But I do like the great point that like uh, you know she's essentially packing a box for him while having a conversation with him, and it's not until the end that he's like, she's like, yep, that box I was packing, that's all your stuff. Goodbye. Um, I also, I mean, it's also worth pointing out here, the reason that Margot was here to offer a job is because she's going to be deported otherwise. Yes. Because <laughs> oh, she yeah. is sort of a, I, I guess, a sort of a proto-DACA sort of situation right. where she is uh, got amnestied into the country, but right. that's going to run out. She wasn't born in the U.S. She came she came over as we saw in the very first scene of the fir- very first episode yep. of the show as a little girl. And she, uh, her staying is apparently a condition of her employment. She's washed out of these jobs because she argues with people. And the, it's a, it's a great, it's a kind of a classic movie thing, which is like, uh, you, you got fired from this job because you did something bad. You mouthed off to this guy. And it's like, yeah, but he was a bad guy. It's like, okay, but <laughs> you know, don't yeah. do that. But it's like, yeah, but he was a real jerk. And it's like, all right. But, and then she's got this string of like endorsements that are like, has not a people person, but brilliant at her job kind of thing so but but because of that she's sort of in really desperate straits in terms of even staying in the in the country yeah yeah i i we haven't seen much of her i mean like i like that they sort of run down her credentials right she's been talking right. she's been working at like mcdonald douglas off and screen for nine years yeah, alita right, has exactly. built up a reputation as a brilliant engineer who's bad with people which yeah. i'm excited because this actress you know presumably we for the rest of the season we are going to see that right we're going to see her brilliance and her inability to work with other people and uh that should be fun actually yeah it's kind of she's a very different presence i think than a lot of the i mean in some ways i mean i think a lot of our characters are fundamentally difficult to deal with i mean if you throw out you know molly or ed or or uh, Margot, they all have their challenges, but they all are clearly very good at what they do. And so I think that's, you know, it, it makes sense as sort of NASA as a, you know, round peg square hole sort of place to a certain degree, right? Where you need people who are not just about ex- accepting the status quo, because the whole point is we are doing things that people haven't done before. Exactly. We need to take risks. We need to do things that are uh, unthought of because uh, if we were just, you know, <laughs> if we just do what everybody feels very comfortable doing, we will never leave this planet. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean they're the easiest people to work with, but that's part of the deal. 
Um, yeah, so I'm yeah. looking forward to that, that seeing more of Alita, I think. Also because I, I'm fascinated by where they take this character since they clearly have had a plan for her from the very beginning. Very, very different portrayal of her here i mean the nine years as with so many right. of the people that we picked up after the time jump you, you know her as a young teenage girl versus her as sort of well she was kind <laughs> of adult kind of timid a lot's happened but brilliant and all that and now she's just yeah she's kind of a, a a mess and and doesn't get along with people but is apparently brilliant and yeah uh so we'll watch alita and and her adventures at nasa and uh that brings us to our last kind of thread for this episode which is the most dramatic thread um which is what's going on with ed and karen and kelly their adopted daughter um kelly is planning the college tour we've we, this groundwork has been laid in previous episodes we've seen her looking at uh the naval academy brochure book thing mm-hmm. and she says um, and she is asking all those questions of Gordo's son about about what it's like at Annapolis. And she says to her mom, I want to go to Annapolis. I want to fly, which is, you know, going back to what we said before about the role of women in the military. Clearly, something has changed here, uh, but we don't know the details of it. But, yeah, she wants to fly. She wants to be uh, a, a naval aviator, which women... Uh, came to in combat situations i forget exactly the years but like this is was, this is earlier <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll think, yeah we don't know how much earlier I, but this is earlier right and i i think what's interesting about this and it's sort of linking into that conversation before uh, the subsequent scene that we talked about kind of from the other perspective earlier with tracy and karen in the bar is karen sort of talking to tracy about this and tracy being like look get on board because she's going to find a way to do it with or without you. Yeah. So you might as well get used to it now. And she talks about her background, right? Of being like, uh, you know, wanting to be a pilot and her mother forbidding it. And she has this story about like, I, I paid my brother 25 bucks, you know, yeah. to, to give me flying lessons. And I think it goes to show you that over the last decade, Tracy and Ellen and, and Danielle have all, and Molly, like all of these people have been icons, right? They have been trendsetters and they have changed the world. They changed and so the culture. Somebody, and, and exactly. And so in, somebody like Kelly, especially growing right. up so close in proximity with these people, I imagine, like has a big impact so Kelly on her. So Kelly and Alita are both sort of like part of the the vanguard in this season i think of these are young women whose lives have been changed because of the women we saw in season one as you know nixon's women injected into the astronaut program they have changed the world and now you're seeing it in the next generation right yep um there's a scene where ed uh finds basically the boxes of shane's stuff in the garage uh kelly finds uh a shane toy a popeye in her room which used to be shane's room that has was like behind an air vent uh hidden away and then never found um and and so you know you get the sense too that this is a family that has not has moved on from the death of their son but maybe not really engaged with it and it's still like it's still sitting there and doesn't get discussed a lot because it's too painful. And so it's this one of these things where it's like, have they have they healed? Maybe some, but maybe not. Maybe they've also kind of like deferred or let it bubble under the surface and they, they fixed it, right, by adopting a new child. But like, did they really deal with yeah, I, Shane's Yeah, I found death? myself wondering briefly there whether or not Kelly was even aware of Shane. I was like, oh no, you couldn't keep that from your no. kid. That would be, no, be but, messed but up. But like, he wasn't around it, and she was obviously adopted a little bit, you know, because it's been, whatever, nine years. She was adopted older. She was obviously right. like 10 or something when she was adopted. We don't have any information about that but 
Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it's all there. Um, and we wrap that up in Karen talking to Ed and saying, um, you missed a lot with Shane because of the Navy that, you know, and, and, uh, but it's like, but she wants to go to Annapolis. She's trying to set this up because Karen's kind of on, on board about Kelly going to, you know, going to the Naval Academy. And this is a really interesting moment that oh. I did not expect, which is that it's a great scene. It, it is this entire oh, yeah. I, scene. I would argue the best scene in the entire show. And if yes, you're not on board I, I think with, it might be. with this scene, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're listening to the wrong podcast. Maybe you're watching the wrong show. It snaps. He go, he, he's like, the answer is no. He, he He's just like forcefully, no, we're not going to do this. And uh, it's really very kind of scary and i think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that you see kelly being the peacemaker here she's like let's calm down because because karen is really upset too and and kelly's like let's calm down down and then she's like dad what was that (laughs) which is one of those great moments in this episode it's like i thought you'd be proud of me for following in your footsteps and all this and you know it's all intertwined with shane and missing shane and being afraid that that he's going to lose her but also presumably that he assumed shane would follow him in his footsteps and Mm. now he's got this this is not the story he imagined where he's got an adopted daughter his son died but she wants to follow in his footsteps and he says i i'm afraid i would lose you like i lost shane and it's you know and the popeye is there and they're like there's no safe place on this earth you can't protect your kids forever that's just the truth of being a parent and you know it turns around and they sing anchors away and say we're the baldwins and cut us will bleed blue and gold and like it's important like this is a this is a show about characters set in this very interesting universe and they have very dramatic things that they do with their lives but in the end it is about characters and it is about in this case probably the main character of the show if there is one is ed so it is about this family and i mean i know it's like ed and gordo and and karen and tracy are 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 like i would argue the four most important characters i know it's an ensemble and they are going to fade into the background there's a lot of other characters but like this is a very important set of characters and to see it all kind of boil boil over here and then kind of come back together i thought it was beautiful and and we and the episode because this show cuts around to a lot of these different threads we're here for a very long time this is yeah this is a long scene this is the most important and longest scene in the show basically yeah i think there's a lot going on here that i so there's a whole bit where so at the beginning of the scene ed comes in and they're making dinner and they're joking about oh it's a real house you know like homemade dinner right because uh, he's got his thing about he has opinions about about really generic right. 50s yep. style food about yep. cheese yeah yep. um <laughs> but like, she came in and like again i immediately so the, again i my, my writing trick right when i talked the other week about like you know ed says he's really happy on earth well that's not gonna last right yeah they're expecting ed to be happy about this i knew immediately i was like he is not gonna be happy about this what i didn't get was the magnitude and that's where right. i think this scene blows me away because if he just walked in he's like absolutely not i forbid it now we move on with our lives like i'd be like yeah that's about what i expected but it's the extent oh, and, and right? it would be an argument right there would definitely be an argument and they'd push him but, on but it he, but he snaps immediately he snaps and that is the thing i think that makes this scene is that he is upset and the fact that he basically says he pulls the like as long as you live under my roof card and and essentially the threat then becomes kelly leaving right and and that is when karen snaps karen's like no because 
no you and she pushes him and that yeah. too was like a oh. moment of because again you could see where what i was fr- afraid would happen would they have ed flies off the handle and ed gets violent i don't think it was actually going to happen but i didn't want to go that way because i feel like that becomes a very different show as soon as you introduce that element yeah but by having karen become physical and like physically push him away in that scene it's a brilliant bit of staging mm-hmm. and changes the dynamics because you can see ed at that point also is now like oh i have i have started something right like yeah. he, uh, he sort I've, of i've overstepped off. right like he's he's yes. used to the military chain of command and the fact is that again talk about the consequences of what happened in season one and the mm-hmm. fact that women have stepped into these roles and karen yeah. is running the bar and all of that he is old school not just about his cheese but about the chain of command and it leads him even even though i think that if you asked him in a normal circumstance about his uh, the the roles of the he, family dynamics, him, yeah, yeah, him and Karen. He would say we are a partnership. We make decisions together. In that moment, he says basically, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to kick you out of my house. And Karen's like, uh, no, it's our yeah. house. It's our family. You don't do this. Like you are out of line, Mister. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. and it's a great and, moment. And she's, I, I love. It made me love so much more what they have done with Karen's character because you get the feeling in, in we talked about this a bit in previous weeks, you know, her astronaut's wife role in right. season one. And she was stifled, felt, right? Exactly. It was She was anesthetized almost. She was right. like, you know, the supportive wife and that was it. But since she has become her own person and she runs a business and she, you know, has a change and they've adopted a child and all this stuff has changed. I think that reflects her, you know, obviously her willingness to stand up for herself and for her family in this moment. And I, I think it's it's great. It's a it's a wonderful bit of acting from all three of them. And just it is a heartfelt scene. And I dare you not to be like on the edge of your seat, I think, for this scene, because it is it is just so loaded in a way that a show about, you know, predominantly about space, you think like, oh, all the drama happens out there. No, this is a show, as we said, about characters and people, and there is just as much drama on Earth in the interpersonal relationships as there is with, you know, the Soviets moving their stereos up on the moon. Yeah. Well, don't do that. Don't move my stuff. Don't move it. Don't, don't, I'm on the moon. No, it's a great scene, and um, it's an interesting milestone. You're like, where do the characters go from here? Where does Kelly go? I'm apparently to the Naval Academy. I think that's really interesting. Um and because we have escalating military tensions on Earth, plus there's this question of, does Kelly want to be an astronaut, ultimately? Because um, that's in her family. <laughs> Dad's an astronaut, yeah. so maybe so. Your blood. Where does it lead Karen and where does it lead Ed um, from this point? Because I think this mm-hmm. is an important moment and, and that, that points out the stresses in their lives, but also tightens them as a unit, as a family unit. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's a great great scene masterpiece scene i i started watching it and i'm like okay i think i know how this scene is gonna go and then when ed snaps i'm like whoa this is not yeah. how i thought it was go and then it keeps going and i i really admired it because it's almost like a little very short like one act play where has the advantage of we know all their backgrounds and all that but you get to see ed i think it earns him coming down off of his rage and processing and ending up Going from that all the way around to, of course, I'm going to support you if you want to go to the Naval Academy. Like, I don't feel like they cut corners there. I felt like you got to see his journey of emotions as he processed this thing badly and then better. (laughs) Yes. And it was, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a, a brilliant piece of work. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I highly, I, I really just thought that was that scene blew me away, and it's, it's some great, some great acting. Joel Kinnaman, Chantel Van Santen, uh, Cynthia Wu, I think is her name. Um, all of them really do a great job of staking out their presences in that scene, and it's well written. Yeah, yeah, thumbs up. All right, well, let's just be, let's thank our lucky stars that Gordo doesn't have one of those VCRs that blinks uh, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. What happens at 12 o'clock, Jason? <laughs> but instead, he just gets the blinking red lights, so maybe it's not so good after all. Um, next week, we'll see where it all, uh, you know, onward into the future. We'll see where it heads next week. Any final thoughts about rules of engagement before we wrap it up? I'm curious, just in general, uh, uh, balancing the sort of interpersonal relationships, it does feel like there is some, I don't want to say quite table setting, but like the space stuff was actually very limited <laughs> this week, right? Like almost right. everything is back on the planet. We get that little bit at the beginning where the uh, the Soviets and like that's clearly like they're playing it in the background, kind of like with the Panama stuff, right? Like they're playing it in the background with the stuff is happening. It's kind of bubbling under the surface. And I think that's appropriate for something about the Cold War where... The whole point is it wasn't bursting into open conflict all the time. It was the tension from the will this become a hot war that kept everybody on sort of, you know, high alert. So I, I'm interesting, interested to see how they're sort of dribbling that out as we go here without like, let's spend a lot of time on the moon and having like you know, pow, 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 people shooting at the Russians in the U.S., etc. I guess we'll find out next week. All right. But, uh... Until then, we're going to close the hatch on the capsule? Sure. Yeah, why not? And uh, say goodbye. We'll be back in a week with episode four of For All Mankind. For All Mankind. What? Oh? No. Oh. Uh, But until then, I have been Jason Snell. Uh, He has been Dan Morin. And we thank you. Uh, Bye, everybody. Das Vidanya.